Hello everyone and welcome to Synesthesia, a podcast about the creatives who shape the aesthetics of music. We chat to the artists behind the record sleeves, videos, photo shoots and stylings of the freshest new sounds, exploring how contemporary culture, fashion, illustration and design reflect and enhance the musical experience. Music has always been our passion and remains an integral part of our lives. That's why we decided to put together this podcast, which we called Synesthesia, because we perceive music not only with our ears, but also with our eyes. Synesthesia, the artist behind the artist. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Synesthesia. It's always me, Enrico, and I am broadcasting from my London studio in De Beauvoir Town. And here today with me is Kyle NG, co-founder, along with Ed Davis, of Braindead, an international collective of creative minds, a brand, a cult, a lifestyle. We will be talking about Braindead's deep connection with underground music culture and NTS radio. How are you, Kyle? Welcome to our microphones. Thank you so so much man i'm doing great so i assume you are dialing in from la aren't you yep how is life in la these days how is the city recovering um you know the city la is just a, such a beautiful place and there's a lot of uh base here so it doesn't feel like we're like toppled on top of each other so it's actually pretty nice you know i've been able to go outside do activities kind of like live my life the way i want to but like you know it is sometimes scary when you see it kind of get hectic when people are not wearing masks or just not being really responsible. So it's a it's a delicate balance being active. And I assume you've been really, really busy at work with the new opening of the Brain Dead Studios. Yeah, like, um, you know, since the uh, pandemic, um, we actually grew like 300% as a business. We're just constantly trying to figure out new ways to push ourselves to do more things culturally, push ourselves to also showcase the brand that, you know, the idea of just monetization during these times is not enough. We need to actually give back to the community in some form via culture. We will talk about that during the interview. So, Brain Dead fans are aware of your love for comics and niche horror movies, and we will touch these topics, but today is mostly about your relationship with music. If I'm not mistaken, in one of your first interviews, you said that you didn't want to be the kid who only listens to The Clash, who sticks to the surface. You've always scratched that surface, going deeper, digging gems to build your own culture. So, what I would like to know are your main musical influences. What did you listen to as a teenager who grew up in the Bay Area? You know, as a teenager, as a kid, I was really into hip hop just because every kid at that time in the 90s was listening to hip hop. But I remember really distinctively in junior high school, I found a CD case and it was all these, um, it was just sitting on the ground. And when I opened the case up, is all these bands, like Vagrant Records, you know, like the Get Up Kids, Alkaline, you know, get, was it Get Up Kids, Dashboard Confessional at the time, there was an Alkaline Trio record, Piebald record, all these kind of like pop punk, early emo bands, bands like Cursive. And I remember seeing this, because at the time, all you knew was, was just on the radio or like MTV. And I remember listening, I'm like, whoa, what is this? This is kind of interesting and crazy and it was a little different than what I was listening to. So that was kind of like a big introductory into alternative music for me, like real alternative music. And then I started listening to a lot of Weezer that got me into the Pixies. The Pixies got you into, you know, 
basically all types of alternative indie rock. So then I got into Matador Records. From watching skate videos, I got into bands like Modest Mouse, and I got into bands like um, Built to Spill and Tortoise. The big change for me was when I went to the Gilman, the punk club in Berkeley, and saw this band called Off Minor. And Off Minor was an early, I would call screamo or like kind of post-hardcore bands that came from the band Seisha, which was a really early emo screamo band from the 90s. Seeing that show changed my whole perspective. Just seeing that whole culture, community in the Gilman was really interesting because it really was this scene that was totally different from where I grew up. How old were you when you saw that show? I think I was 14. 15 okay. or 14. We are, talking, we are talking about Berkeley in the early 2000s, I'm assuming. Exactly, that's 2003, or no, 2001, 2002. Okay, so a while ago. It's changed a lot since then. Exactly. So, you know, at the time, you're thinking about what was on the radio, it'd be like, you know, rock and roll came back during the strokes during this time, right? And then the white stripes, you know what I'm saying? So the revival of rock and roll was coming, but then, I guess my generation started listening to like pop punk or punk and you know, all that stuff. During this time, I started playing in a like a post hardcore band called Singing Means More. And um, I play keyboards and you know, we travel with bands and kind of like tour the DIY venue scene, like people's garages doing whatever and listen to bands like, you know, being inspired by Refused and Captain Jazz and J.R. Ewing and, you know, those kind of bands and listening to, like, Deep Elm Records. And so you've been living this uh, hardcore life at least for five years, uh, since the end of high school. Exactly. And the reason why I said The Clash was, like, you know, growing up where I was in the Bay, like, at that time when you're talking about, like, you know, bands that people, you know, like, talk about all the time, like The Clash, The Ramones, I wasn't listening to it because that was out of my generation. So we thought, like, wearing a T-shirt of that or, like, really listening to that was not the vibe because it was just like felt not our scene we're all about our community at at that time so besides listening to like Weezer or the pixies or the classics like that indie rock most people were listening to like bands that were in your neighborhood the punk the hardcore bands just in the bay area do you remember which uh, radio were you into at the time when you were a teenager to be honest i wasn't listening to any radio at that time when i was like in the band i was really just downloading music or listening to mixtapes so like you'd meet like the local kid or at the distro you know I mean? you'd buy a bunch of seven inches or whatever or you would you know your friend who's also in the scene would make you you know a cd of like the latest screamo records like a like a portraits of the past record or like city of caterpillar record and you just compile all this you know music and then kind of like build your taste from there. It's really just Napster generation. So these were your high school years. What have you been listening to when you were in college? Where did you go to college? I didn't really go to college. I basically came to LA to pursue film. What really changed my perspective was I met the only other kind of punk kids at my school was this girl Cassidy Wright and her friend Lisa Winters. And they were these kind of nerdy punk girls one had like Liberty Spikes and I went up to her and talked to her and she's like, hey, like you should start hanging out with me and my um, friends and our family. We build BattleBots, which is that robot fighting show. And one is Cassidy's dad was the person who invented SimCity video games. Wow. And they had this place, yeah, Will Wright. And they had this place called um, Stupid Fun Club where they just basically did all types of fun shit. And they made movies, they made animations, they made robots. It was just like anything you could dream of as a nerdy high school kid, they had it, right? And I spent a lot of time hanging out there. I was kind of very distant in high school. Like I had 
I was like a kind of a jock kid in junior high school, hung out with like, you know, the popular group or whatever. And then I just found myself just veering off it where I just felt like shit they were into was like getting whacked. Like they were all started smoking weed and drinking and we we're just hanging out at houses, just like high and shit. And like, I got over it. Cause I was like, this is kind of like a waste of my time. I just felt like I didn't want to, you know, I, I didn't feel like I fit into it. So I just slowly like distanced myself from that world and started meeting other people who were just like active in creativity. So I started hanging out with these people who like the same music. I started making films and stuff. And at that time, I just didn't really want to go to college. I just felt like college was a place where you just would be fucked up, hanging out with friends, whatever. And I just knew exactly what I wanted to do. So I moved to LA, took a little film course there, and then I met a lot of other people in that world. Where did you meet these people in LA? Where were you living at the time? I'm assuming you're talking about uh, the beginning of the past decade. I came to LA and dude, like I took a bus everywhere. I don't drive, so I still don't drive. I would take the bus to Hollywood because I didn't really know too much. And I would hang out, skateboard, do whatever chill and one time i went to this store no i went to this horror convention <laughs> which is funny it was like a horror convention randomly at hollywood and vine and i heard that tom savini was there and i got an autograph on my crooked skateboard and i met this dude named rick stello and he was like this metalhead he's wearing like a dark throne t-shirt and he was selling like asian import dvds like horror films like you think about like battle royale and old boy and all that shit I went up to him like, yo, it's sick that you're carrying these films. I knew a little bit about it. And he's like, oh yeah, like, you know, I'm real. he sells them and whatever. And we became friends. And then he ended up opening a Asian import DVD store inside a comic book shop called Meltdown Comic. What about? Oh, that was right on Sunset next to Toy Tai. Very famous comic book store where everyone hung out. I used to go there every day to just chill with Rick. At the time, dude, it was popping. Like you'd get so many different filmmakers, so many different creatives. Like I remember meeting Lupe Fiasco during a Henshin Cyborg little presentation. And you know, it was just like all these different creatives would roll through. There's a guy in the back who was a toy designer and graphic designer named Nathan Cabrera, who I used to hang out with there just by because I was lurking. He was the graphic designer for a guy named Darren Romanelli. And Darren Romanelli is like a fashion designer, marketing agency guy. And I kind of went under his wing and learned all about clothing. That's how Brain Dead started, pretty much. Without well, the comic shop, probably Brain Dead wouldn't have happened. Without the comic book shop, there would be no Brain Dead, for sure. And there's a store called Barracuda that I used to hang out. And that taught me a lot about clothing and culture. And like, you know, I was always more interested. I was never like a streetwear kid growing up, but it was just more like these cultural things, like going to the punk show, collecting comics, but you know, learning about these, you know, just like nerding out on things that people are really into. You know what I mean? And just like their energy rubbed off on me and I got excited about things. You said though that when you were a kid in the Berkeley scene and you were playing keys for a, an hardcore band, uh, you weren't into radio that much. So how did you develop a, a love for radio? Because we're getting to the point, our first conversation yeah. with NTS. Yeah, I mean the radio, you know, the thing about radio, number one, NTS represents not just radio, but represents the idea of freedom of content, right? So basically like so much of our music is dictated by algorithms, sales, ad, record companies, whatever, right? That was kind of one of the first, you know, I mean, not first, but NTS is a place where people you admire or DJs you love or musicians can play whatever the fuck they want. You know what I'm saying? So like 
that was something that was really amazing. And there's always people pushing the boundaries or pushing tastes forward by playing music that's new or hard to find or, you know, challenging themselves. And I really always admired that. Some of our listeners might not know that NTS headquarters are in London, but they also have a studio in LA, which happens to be in your headquarters, in Braindead headquarters. Do you remember when your two mind-alike entities met? So just to be clear on that, uh, NTS has their own studio now, but yeah, they did, they're doing shows with us. So we always did monthly shows at our studio, but they still, they, they still record separately out of somewhere else. But the, the way we connected was this guy, Fergus McDon McDonald, who knew our brand and really liked it. And we love what they did too. And they offered us a show because they're, we're in LA and they're opening the LA division. And since then, dude, it just was like, we just knew that we had a like mind, right? Yeah, I mean, your collaboration with NTS uh, in terms of uh, clothing and visual identity is one of uh, the coolest uh, things I've seen in the past uh, 10 years. Perfect. That's why I invited you as a, as a guest. I've been thinking that NTS Radio has collaborated with a few popular brands like Carhartt, Adidas, Slam Jam. But if I'm not mistaken, Braindead was the first uh, kind of a brand, the lifestyle, to design a collection in partnership with the radio. Yeah, I mean, for us, it's like they represent exactly what we represent. It's culture first, then you figure out money, right? Like they kept so true to what they're about. For us, it's like, you know, when we decided like, you know, when we did the radio show, that was cool. Then we're like, hey, what if we put on shows for free? We're not paying them a marketing budget to like rep our brand, right? But we are family. That's what we're about is like, hey, the main cool thing would be like, remember when we went to shows in a garage? and it was free and you got to see these bands. And it changed our life. That's what we wanted to create for kids now. There's so many venues that you had to pay a shitload of money to see an artist or whatever, or it just became so corporate. We want a place to inspire future generations or just, you know, our peers. So when you designed the first uh, logo t-shirts and accessories and collections for NTS, there was no brief. It was just a brainstorm with very similar minds. Exactly. How were you able to link the world of uh, comics and horror movies and fashion with music specifically for this project? It's so hand in hand. I mean, it's all aesthetics and storytelling. The visual aesthetic that we come from is from music. Like the way we dress, or I dress at least, comes from the music I listen to, right? Like, you know, when I was a kid, I wanted to look like a, you know, like a weird indie rock kid with a cardigan and like, you know, like Wrangler pants or like ripped up jeans, you know what I mean? And I wanted to look like, you know, like the guys in the scene, you know? And as you grow up, you change your life and your style. That's what we always wanted to show. It's not that we're making costumes. Braindead's not about making like, oh, this is what, like, you know, this is what a punk guy looks like. We're inspired by punk. It's like, no, we're inspired by like what we want to look like now, listening to the music we listen to now, being eclectic in our taste in film, whatever. This is our vibe. You know what I'm saying? So you're going to see references or connections to a wide range of products, not just a singular aesthetic. I agree. After I saw the collection, the very first collection for the first time, I was like, I have to cop one of these t-shirts because they kind of represent me. You talked about culture. I know from previous interviews, but even without reading it, I would have known it anyway, seeing your kind of work, that one of your heroes and role models in the world of fashion and culture is Sean Stussy. Living in London, 
I've been thinking so much about the deep connection between Stussy as a brand and the world of jungle and drum and bass here in London. If you think at NTS as a brand, to which genres do you link it? And how has this um, Sean Stussy legacy influenced your work in this sense? So, I mean, the thing about Sean Stussy was that at the time there wasn't you know, like anyone like him. His whole thing was like creating the tribe, which is the community, right? And being connected to music and culture, skaters, whatever. And he really knew what that was. And that caught on because most of the time people were just clothing people, people were music people, you know? So I think what NTS and Branded really represents is the further version of it where like, where Sean was trying to connect to music and that culture, we are trying to be that culture. You know what I mean? We're trying to help spearhead that by creating programming to create new culture. We want to support musicians that we love, the artists we love, the filmmakers we love. I think aesthetically that just, you know, like what we design and what we make will come out of there, right? So like a lot of Stussy stuff, you know, there's like a reggae element or like there's like hip hop elements because that's what they were listening to. And that's uh, what's interesting about it. Do you think that contemporary culture uh, avant-garde is more fluid nowadays because uh, when I mentioned the Stussy and its connection with uh, the subculture of a jungle and drum and bass, uh, that were very specific subcultures. Uh, whereas it seems also by listening to your radio show that you can't fit a label. I think the thing about culture, if I have to be critical about it, is that right now it's so image-based, right? So basically like people, you know, in hip hop will wear all this punk stuff but they don't really care about the music of punk sometimes, right? Or like, same thing, you know, it just goes back and forth. Like streetwear and street culture is more about aesthetics rather than the content sometimes. We try to do, you know, we'll take elements of like, let's say like electronic music or punk culture or whatever, but you have to create something new. Because right now, who I am or who Ed is or whatever, we're built upon all this taste and all this information of culture. That's what makes us unique, right? That's the thing is we're pizza pie, right? Like we're pizza. It's the ingredients that makes pizza. It's not the, saying you make a pizza. Everyone makes pizza. I remember this pizza metaphor from your interview with the NSS magazine. The oh, one, yeah. Like that you did in Milan last year. And I didn't want to bring it up because I am Italian. I have a mustache. <laughs> I want to sound too stereotypical. But since you are doing it, it's true. It's true, absolutely. What's the story about pizza and culture? Oh, I mean, to me, it's just the postmodern way of, you know, thinking about society is that like everything supposedly has been done, right? But the main thing is that that doesn't matter because it's just about the ingredients to make the pizza. A pizza is a pizza, but whether you put anchovies, pepperoni, whatever kind of cheese you use, that's what makes it unique. It's how you mix and match. Exactly. So that's that's really the idea of curation to me, you know, and making something original. Originality comes from I being an individual, in my opinion, or being unique. You don't want to be too crazy in a brand where people can't relate to you. You want to be relatable, but yet you want to show that you have your own identity. I think that's the thing that like sometimes brands get too caught up in is the fact of like, oh, like this does really well, so I got to do this or okay, I could just copy this thing because that's that instead of being like oh what if this was this or 
What if you combine these two things? The fact that you are uh, shaping contemporary culture, both with brain dead and uh, your um, clothing, your uh, events, uh, your accessories, and everything you guys put your logo on. And at the same time, NTS really reflects uh, the musical taste of our generation that it's hard to fit inside the specific uh, subcultures. I want to go beyond culture and talk about the social impact in your brand, Brain Dead, has had in the past few months. Cool. Because your collaboration with Dev Ines, uh, aka Blood Orange, uh, to support the Black Lives Matter movement was uh, something incredible Literally. oh thank you congratulations guys everyone knows about it but i think it's important to to talk about it here uh, in during synesthesia because uh, it really shows perfectly how music and fashion can collide for a greater cause thanks man yeah i mean for us like i'm a big admirer of what Deb does. I think he, again, like bumps through different genres. Um, him coming from the hardcore world, you know, it comes through of um, what he makes now. And I think that's really cool. And, you know, he didn't just stick to being a hardcore guy or like a, you know, indie rock dude. He created new music, you know what I mean? That's genreless. You know, when I asked him to do this project, he immediately was like, yeah, let's do it. Because he had that DIY instincts to just like help out and not worry about like how people are going to perceive of him or what how do we do this like slow down let's let's do this right it's just like no we know what we're going to do so let's do it right so that's something that created energy that i feel like really seeped into everyone's consciousness which that's just like i always say it's like going to a punk show and it's like the band is just like going so he hectic where you just want to crowd surf or stage dive because you love the vibe because you're just in the moment and i think that t-shirt was in the moment and that's what's so great about it and the story the happy ending is is that you designed the t-shirt together along with that heinz and you raised the five hundred thousand dollars and that's crazy yeah we raised a lot of money for that um you know i would say it's like it's really the people right like they're the ones who spent the money who wanted to make a difference. So we're just the vessels for the people to do what they did. Were these people buying merch? I know that you don't like the word merch too much, but merch, it's a great topic for music fans, especially in the underground scene. So yeah. would you describe this collaboration with Blood Orange as a kind of a merchandising t-shirt? even if it was for the Black Lives Matter movement? Yeah, I mean, you can say that, you know, it is, it's a symbol, right? Like it is merchandise for an idea. And I think the thing about the connection to what we do, like all clothing brand is merchandise for representing a concept, right? There should be no difference between that and, you know, for a good cause or these things. So I think, yeah, in a way it is. Do you have any favorite uh, merchandising from artists? For instance, now in my hands, here on my desk, I have the brand new book by Mr. Mort about the dead yeah. style and all the pictures of the Grateful Dead uh, fans. Yeah. Do you have any band uh, you think that has yeah. incredible merchandising? Totally. I think a lot of the Toxic State guys, the punk bands Toxic State, and like a lot of the stuff that Dripper World was doing, um, I love their t-shirts a lot. I'm a big fan of like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've been collecting a lot of Sirith Ungall t-shirts. It's like metal band from California. 
and I really like a lot of the merchandise for uh, there's this band called uh, Hank and the Hammerheads another punk band that I really love I think they make amazing merch this is for the listeners don't worry about writing these names down you can check out our Instagram page synesthesia under, underscore podcast and see all the influences of Kyle and G I introduced the merchandising topic because I wanted to talk briefly about your latest collaboration with the Jazz Collective Onyx. How do you choose the artists you collaborate with? I mean, they just represent great music in a new generation, right? Like, their jazz group, you know, they represent New York. They have style. They have all these things. And, you know, we've been running in the same community for a while. They've done stuff with Slam Jam. They've done stuff with a bunch of different people. But at the end of the day, we've had mutual respect for each other for a while. And um, it just made sense. They released a project called Trad Jazz, which is like an experimental music piece. And they wanted to launch it with us because they felt like it could be a cool project. And they, you know, we wanted to do tapes. And that's the only way you get it. You know, stuff like that is such a no-brainer for us. Like anytime we can work with the artist to make music or like release content is so cool and not just a t-shirt. I want to bring up an Italian band which you might like, uh, like. but first uh, uh, we need to talk about the Brain Dead Studios for a little. So this is your new enterprise, a cinema, an indie cinema of Fairfax, where you show your favorite horror movies and you create collections that are inspired by your favorite horror movies. The one for The Exorcist is unbelievable. I'm probably gonna get the cap or the sweatshirt. Anyway, since we're talking about music, I wanted to ask you whether there could have been room for music in the future at Brain Dead Studios, maybe a live performance by Goblin. Yeah, Goblin's sick. I love Goblin. I love Dario Argento. Um, you know, Branded Studios is a music, you know, we're going to have music. We're going to have different programming podcasts out of there. We're going to have lectures. We're going to have, obviously, movies. You know, Brain Studios, we're making media. We do, we're making animations that we're launching in a couple weeks. It's just a larger platform that's just not based off of fashion and clothing. And it's just a way for us to be creative or support creativity in multimedia way. So we talked about NTS, we talked about um, Brain Dead Studio, we talked about the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, your relationship with music, uh, your like a cultural upbringing. And now it's time to introduce our first column. We need to be contemporary again. The column is entitled Word on the Street. Word on the Street. For this column, we would like you to talk to us about a current uh, scene which you find particularly fascinating. You can mention uh, a visual artist or musician maybe you would like to collaborate with, or a series that has a specific uh, scene that stands out uh, in the international uh, landscape. There's so many. I, I would, one is, I, you know, I really like Lorenzo Senni, what he's doing. I think that's like a very future kind of sound music. One thing I'm really inspired by is a band called Candy on the Corner. And they're these Puerto Rican New Yorkers. But when you listen to their music, it, it feels so visual of New York and of a time. And the way they're making music, it's so cinematic. It's, it's such a visual sound. And I think that really represents a new culture of young musicians. That's a scene that I, I'm always really inspired by. I'm very inspired also by the queer skateboarding scene because I think that is something that's growing in a way where you're seeing something that always felt subculture, but then it kind of fell off where it felt a little bro-y. 
and more um, jock oriented and this idea is so male driven and then seeing kind of the gay LGBTQ community um, create a niche for themselves in that world and showcase that is so amazing. And that's always really inspired me to see just like people not be afraid to be different. And I think that's the thing that is hard nowadays is people trying to be different. I think a lot of times we, we work so hard to conform into our society, watch the same movies, listen to the same music, where anyone trying to be a little different is always unique to me and I, exciting. I feel like you ran a project, a photographic project on this topic in Milan. Yeah, so basically, um, Aliyah, my partner, my one of my best friends, he is um, in Milan right now and we basically brought out their, uh, their skateboards and they um, basically worked with Nike and us to do an event where they skated all around Milan. And we just wanted to kind of like support them and bring them out because we really loved what they were doing. And we thought it'd be cool to bring them to a cool project out there. That was a great, I remember seeing it and I was like, uh, yes, that's exactly what we needed. Uh, for all the listeners, go and check it out on uh, We Are Brain Dead uh, Instagram page because it's a very avant-garde and cutting edge and touching at the same time uh, project. Mm. One uh, column more. Now it's time to go back in time once again. We started from your teenage years. We have to go back to the territory because uh, it's time for our column private collection. Private collection. Kyle, a record sleeve, only one, or music video that has left a mark on you? Yeah, yeah, that's super hard. But what changed my life overnight? Honestly, the cover I always think about, it might be the, maybe Pixies Doolittle. I think that was like a really cool cover. It was weird. It represented a lot, like graphically, like this grungy graphic elements that I really loved. And I remember always being like, whoa, what is this band about? Because it wasn't like very typical in that world. And it, it just felt really special to me. And I think that, that said a lot. I mean, it's so important to know your um, influences because uh, it shows uh, like your creative production and your contemporary um, output. It's uh, so interesting, really, that you are sharing this with us. Uh, one very last thing before closing the interview. This uh, column is called uh, Flavors. Flavors. It's all about your taste. And we would love you to recommend us uh, an Instagram page. If you have uh, an Instagram page you find particularly funny or interesting or inspiring and a local spot and venue in LA so that our listeners, when they will be able to travel again, can come to LA and check out a place you love. And this is all about support your local shop movement, support the independent shop. It can be a record store, a bookshop, deli, a diner, whatever, really. Yeah, so, um, so let's start with the sh LA store. I'm super... <laughs> I'm super into like tabletop games like Warhammer and like Magic the Gathering. So I know this is left field, but there's a store called Nightwear kind of by Universal Studios. And I'm obsessed with it because it's just like stuck in time. The fact that someone like we see this woman, she has shaved head, she's older 
and she wears these crazy military boots that are just so crazy. It looks like Judge Dredd boots. There's just shit everywhere, like Warhammer tip miniatures everywhere. Just like it looks like it's was like bombed out, but it's all this crazy era of miniature figures and like cards, board games everywhere. And I don't know. There's something about the chaos that's so amazing in today's society, right? Yeah. Um, and that kind of like is the antithesis of Amazon. <laughs> so, I, I assume the scent as well, the scent of the board games. Oh, <laughs> insane. I love it. Yeah. And, you know, it's just like that vibe is so cool. So I love that place a lot. One Instagram page. Ooh, Instagram page that I really like is my friend Gage, um, underscore Gage, G-A-G-E, underscore, I think. Gage is an illustrator, animator, amazing artist, but he always has insane artists he showcases or references that he loves. And I don't know, he always inspires me. I did an Insta follow, to be honest, because uh, I didn't know Gage. And uh, for the people who are listening, we will uh, tag Gage's profile on our Instagram yeah. page. Follow us at synesthesia underscore podcast. Kyle, it's been a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot for spending this uh, Monday morning slash afternoon with us. And uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing you in person, either in LA or in Italy or in London. Thank you so much. You just listened to Synesthesia, the artist behind the artist. Subscribe to our channel and follow us on Instagram at synesthesia underscore podcast.